Just to make sure you heard that, there will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear, from foreboding of what is coming upon the world. The powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now listen to this. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so tender and mild, sleep in heavenly peace. Just to make sure you heard it, be on your guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and the worries of this life or that day will catch you unexpectedly like a trap. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Away in a manger, no crib for his bed, the little Lord Jesus lays down his sweet head. The stars in the bright sky look down where he lay, the little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Some of these are not like the others. <laughs> when is the last time you heard a Christmas carol about people fainting from fear and foreboding? When's the last time you heard the birth of Jesus described as the coming of the unbearable judgment of God, a judgment so terrible we find it impossible even to stand? Advent, the season we are now entering, is very weird in that way. Advent is perhaps weird in a way that is unlike every other season of the church year. There is almost a kind of anticlimactic character to Advent. We hear about signs in the sun and the moon and the stars, and we hear about distress among nations. We hear John the Baptist and his message of fire and brimstone and repentance. And at the end of it all, we get a little baby, a sweet, helpless little infant wrapped in swaddling clothes. And it's hard to put those together. It's hard for us to see that this sweet, innocent little baby is connected to the roaring of the seas and the waves. This sweet, innocent little baby is the one who makes people faint from fear and foreboding. And because we know how this is going to end up, because we know that Advent is leading up to a sweet, innocent little baby, we can often find it hard to get into Advent. We never quite know what to do with all the scary, astounding stuff, so we just kind of brush it off. We know that in the end, this is all going to be okay. What I'd like to suggest to you today is that that is a problem. Our sense of expectation and anticipation may make it difficult for us to experience all that the season of Advent has to offer in the way of opportunities for spiritual growth. That's one problem. There is another problem. It's what we might call the historical problem. Advent is about preparing for the coming of Jesus, but, well, Jesus already came. Jesus, in fact, came a long time ago. So what are we waiting for? <laughs> Same problem, different perspective. We know where the story is going. In fact, the story has already come and gone. It's over. So it's hard to feel much sense of anticipation, hard to know how to prepare for something that's behind us. 
But what if the coming of Jesus is not restricted to the distant past? What if the coming of the Son of Man is historical, not only in the sense that it already has happened, but, the, but it, in the sense that it is still happening and in the sense that it has yet to fully happen? What if Advent invites us not only to remember what God has already done, but to anticipate what God is about to do in our lives? That possibility, the possibility that God is about to do something new, forces us to shift our perspective. We're no longer invited only to look back with certainty about what we know God has already done. We're now invited to look forward. And it's hard to do that with any sense of certainty. Advent reminds us Jesus is alive today and that through the Holy Spirit, Jesus continues to call his people to new life. God is about to do a new thing in your life. Get ready. Now that changes things a bit. Now the stuff about signs in the heavens and distress among the nations and confusion on earth may start to make a bit more sense. Now the need to be on guard and not allow our hearts to be weighed down might be just a little bit more relevant. Now we find ourselves a little less sure about what's happening, and that can not only be unsettling, it can be downright frightening. The Son of Man is coming the one whom God has appointed to judge the world, and when he comes, no one will be able to stand, and the powers of the heaven will be shaken. Are you ready? So when we make this switch, when we make the switch to anticipation, then we begin to learn true faith. Then we learn what it means to surrender ourselves in the midst of our uncertainty and our helplessness to the providence and the righteousness of God. Then our hearts are not weighed down. Our hearts are alive with expectation and hope. When we look ahead for Jesus, rather than looking behind, we are never caught unprepared because we are always looking forward in expectation that God will fulfill the promise that God has made to the house of Israel and to the house of Judah. God is going to execute justice and righteousness in our lives and in this land. But in order for any of that to be true, we have to believe in the possibility that God is about to do a new thing. In fact, we have to more than believe it. We have to be able to see and to anticipate that God is about to do a new thing. We have to expect that God is still at work. We have to understand what it means to say not only that Jesus has already come, but that Jesus is about to come. We have to learn that the season of Advent is more than just a run-up to Christmas. Advent is about learning to live in expectation all the time, about learning to discern how God works in the world so that we can recognize and anticipate and prepare for what God is always about to do. The lesson that Advent has for us is that we will never catch up to God. God will always be ahead of us, doing something new, bringing about some unexpected transformation. And so we must learn to live as people who are always looking forward, people who live in expectation and hope and anticipation and preparedness. 
because this, the coming of the Son of Man is a complicated affair. On the one hand, it's an occasion for great joy and happiness because it means the fulfillment of God's promises. It means a redemption has come near. And at the same time, it's an occasion for fear and trembling because it means the judgment of this world. It means the judgment of our lives. And we do ourselves no favors if we imagine that we can experience one of those without experiencing the other. It's when we learn to welcome both judgment and redemption that we begin to learn what living in Advent is all about. And the way that we learn to welcome both judgment and redemption is by recognizing that God only ever does one so he can do the other. The whole point of judgment, the whole point of Advent is to clear the way for redemption. And we see this in the gospel lesson. Signs in the heavens, distress among nations, confusion on the earth, people falling over from fear, the powers of the heavens being shaken. When these things take place, stand up and raise your head because your redemption is drawing near. The coming of the Son of Man always brings judgment because God is God and we are not. The justice and the righteousness that we try to execute is nothing compared to the justice and the righteousness that God has in store for us. And it is only when the Son of Man comes that we begin to recognize just how far we have fallen short. But thanks be to God, the coming of the Son of Man always brings redemption. God's judgment not only alerts us to the fact that something is wrong, it opens the way to making things right. This is the point that Jesus makes to Nicodemus, right? In chapter 3 of John, God does not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved. When we realize that Jesus brings with him our redemption, indeed when we realize that he is himself our redemption, then we can dare to stand then we can dare to allow ourselves to be subject to his judgment because we begin to have some sense of the depths of his mercy. So where are you this Advent season? Are you already looking ahead to Christmas, anxious to get through this season of anticipation and preparation, anxious to get past the words of judgment so we can hear about little Lord Jesus asleep in the hay? Or are you perhaps weighed down a bit by the dissipation and the worries of life, so much so that you have long ago given up expecting that God is going to do much of anything? Or are you perhaps confused by the signs, distressed by all the roaring, afraid of what is coming upon the world, or what you fear may be coming upon your life? Wherever you are, stop. For the next few weeks, stop. It sounds counterintuitive, but oftentimes the best way to speed up is to slow down. Stop and look and see what the Lord is about to do. Where are you looking for God? Where do you expect or hope that God might do something new in your life? Where are you not looking for God? <laughs> Where do you expect nothing much to happen? in the way of transformation. 
be prepared for the possibility that God may be ready to do a work in your life in ways and in places other than what you expect. Learn this season to wait. Learn this season to be alert and to be attentive and to be hopeful. Prepare your heart and your mind for the coming of the Son of Man because he comes to judge the earth and the peoples with his righteousness. Stand up and raise your head because your redemption is drawing near.